Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. On today's episode of Next Level American Dream, we sat down with Greg Helbeck. Greg is the founder of Velocity House Buyers, host of Pave the Way podcast, and an all-around extremely successful young entrepreneur. We talked to him about how he got started, some of the challenges he faced, and the actions that have gotten him to where he is now. He shared so many amazing business and life strategies that we are so happy to share with you today. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm good. How's everyone, how's everyone doing today? Good. Good, good. We're doing great. So today, I just really wanted to talk to you, especially coming from me, about your success and how young you started in real estate. So can you tell us exactly when you started doing real estate investments? Yeah, so I got started when I was uh, 20 years old. I was just getting into like community college. And I just kind of fell into it because I was playing hockey and I wanted to play like higher level pro hockey and it didn't work out. So I kind of had to realize that that path was not going to work. So I, I, ironically, I got these, my friend, this is like millennial one-on-one, he got a Snapchat and sent me the Snapchat of these real estate tickets in the mail, like this get rich quick seminar, you know, typical pitch. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's go check it out, whatever. And uh, me and a couple of my pals went over to the good old Ramada in Newburgh, New York, where I was living at the time up in the NYC area. And we went to the seminar and this guy was you know, really good salesman. And he like talking about flipping houses with no money. And, you know, and I was super like, oh, this is, I could totally do this. Like, this is not like, I thought it was going to be easy, which is not secret. And, you know, I, I just, we spent like $2,000 at the seminar, you know, we got like the basic training and that was like half the money I had in my bank account. So I was like, I got to actually make this, I got to make this work, you know? And from there, I think I was like nine months. It took me to like make a single dollar in real estate. I, I helped a friend out. I like showed a property for him and he paid me 10% of my wholesale fee. So I made a thousand dollars basically going to a house and like opening a door. And I was just kind of like, wow, like that was weird. Like it wasn't life changing money, but it was like, I got a thousand dollars and like basically opened a house up. And then from there, I worked for a couple investors, like for a couple months at a time, just to kind of learn the business, like lead management and going out and meeting sellers. And eventually obviously quit and did my own thing. And then I started like wholesaling probably one house every like four months for like $5,000 paydays at a time. So it wasn't allowing me to like go move out of my house and like go move to California and do crazy stuff. But it was just like, okay, like this is business is obviously working. Like uh, I got to keep doing it. And then really, really where it hit the, the some traction was I did some direct mail. I made a $15,000 wholesale fee. And that was the most, my, most money I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Off of a mailer. And then from there, I started putting more money into marketing and then eventually started going into other areas and like duplicating my systems and started doing deals all over the country. So that's kind of like the, the skinny on how I got started. That's awesome. I, I love your story because I think that a lot of people don't realize that they can do investments. A lot of young kids look at realtors or construction or a lot of different other facets of 
real estate and don't really see this side of it a lot of times. So I think it's interesting that this is the path that you've chosen. Yeah. You know, and the thing was, it was like, I had nothing to lose. Like, you know, like I didn't, like, I never really liked having a nine to five job. Like, like, and there was nothing, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, you're listening to this and that's what you're doing. Like, that's cool. But like, I just never liked it. I always liked doing my own thing. So for me, I was like, there was such a low risk factor. If I thought about it, I'm 20 years old. I got no overhead. I got no, I live with my, I live with my parents at the time. No bills coming in, nothing. Like, so I'm like, you know, if this totally flops, which I knew it wasn't going to over time, I'm like, I'm going to get a bunch of experience. And I kind of got past the whole, you know, live you know, what is that? Like YOLO stuff in your twenties. Like I just, I wasn't interested in that either. Like I, yeah. I wasn't trying to go out and do black belt partying and going out. Like I just, what they want to do that. Right. So I just wanted to figure out how to do some real estate deals. And I saw other people doing it and I'm like, if they can do it, eventually I'll be able to do it. I just don't know what they know now. So I need to learn what they know and then implement it and then it'll, it'll work out. Yeah. I completely agree. That's exactly where I am at right now. Yeah. Um, and then something that I found is that, or one of the struggles is that a lot of people tend to not take me very seriously because I don't have enough experience or I've got lots of hustle and I, I've got a lot of people helping me through masterminds Him, yeah. I have a great network. But when I get in front of certain people, they're like, hmm, are you really, do you really know what you're talking about? Yeah. Or do you have, have you encountered any of that, especially yeah. when you started? That happened a lot. That's a ton. So what I was doing when I got started is I would, I was 20, I had no money, no credibility, no experience. So I'm going into someone's house trying to buy their property, even though I was BS, I was going to wholesale it. (laughs) But basically what I would do is I would leverage other people's credibility. So I would go form relationships and I'm still friends and do business with these people today. Like these are lifelong relationships. I would, you know, I would go in there with their proof of funds letter and they obviously knew, like I was like, I told them what I wanted to do and they'd let me do this, but I would use their proof of funds letter to like show them that I had proof of funds because I was probably going to wholesale them on the property yeah. or I would use their credibility packet, right? And I would use their resources and I would act sometimes as an employee of their company, even though I wasn't just to kind of get the seller to, you know, see that we're credible or I was credible. And that helped me a lot. I got some, some deals I can remember right off the top of my head from doing that. And then over time, once you get a couple of deals under your belt, then you start to get some confidence. And then the key is like, you go into meetings with people and you don't need to do the business deals now. Like now, like if I deal with a seller, I don't need to buy their house, you know? So when I'm making them an offer and trying to solve their problem, but if they want to take my offer, that's great. If they don't want to take the offer. I'm going to just go and get out of my chair and I'm going to walk downstairs and get a cup of coffee and it's not a big deal, but at the time it was because I wanted to, you know, I was super, you know, I had a burning desire to get those first leads, but yeah, over time it changes. Yeah. So uh, I guess early on you used, you just leveraged someone else's experience and uh, so their yeah. track record as your own to kind of accelerate your, your credibility with sellers. huh? Oh, totally. I would totally do that. And the, the, the key what other, to doing that. What are some of the other things you, 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 you did to, to, I guess bridge that or jump over that uh, that gap where people were, were just, just discounting you because of your age. Yeah, it was it was the it was the main thing was the credibility packet, right? That was like with people who wanted to find that out. That was like a twenty percent thing that got me eighty percent of the results. Like that helped a lot. Another thing that I would do is like I would you know I didn't really know a sales process at the time. I was still kind of beginning, but I would just kind of go in there and like pretend like I knew what I talked. I I pretend that I knew what I knew what I was talking about. If that makes sense. Like I was like you know. 
I, I pretended like I was an expert, even though I, I wasn't, you know, and, and I don't think anyone's really truly an expert because there's always new things to learn. So when people say they're experts, I always get a little like, I don't know about that, you know, like, what are you trying to sell me? But, you know, I, I would just go in there and like, try my best, you know, and, and, and like, I would understand that the worst thing that could happen in this appointment, most likely, unless they're like a serial killer, is like, they're going to just tell me no, and I'm going to get kicked out of their house and whatever. And that's happened to me many, many times. But I knew that either way, if I went in there and I was either going to get the contract or I was going to learn why they didn't want to sell to me and I can work on that in the future, I won, you know, mentally either way. I started doing that and that helped a lot too. And between that and the credibility factor, that's really what I used to do. And then I would get my own, over time, I, you know, I could start using my own. So that really helped a lot in the beginning thinking about it now. Yeah. yeah. Fake it till you make it, you know? Fake it till you make it, you know? Don't lie to people either. Like I, I would like, I would tell the, the folks like that I would work with like, Hey, like, is it okay if I use this to benefit you? Like anytime you're selling something, that's kind of a rant here, but this will help. Anytime you're like trying to pitch somebody on something, you have to always like make it to make the thing that you're trying to get them to do benefit them tremendously. So like if I'm just going to be like, Hey Rick, let me get your credibility package. And you're like, what do you, you know, why? But if you're like, Hey Rick, I want to wholesale you more properties and I'm running into this issue uh, on a lot of these leads I'm, I'm going into. So in order to get you more wholesale properties, would I be able to use your credibility packet so I can leverage your you know, resources to then get you more wholesale properties? So you got to like make it benefit the other person. So I would do that. And that's how those guys, you know, originally would let me kind of use their stuff because it would benefit them when I'd wholesale them the property. Smart. So you're, you're living in California, but your, your primary now, I guess now you're living in California, but your primary buying market is outside of where you live. So you're doing a yes. lot of virtual uh, virtual yeah. marketing, virtual sales, virtual everything, how, how that works for you. Yeah. So the virtual business I think is very popular now. And I started doing it like two and a half years ago when it wasn't that popular. I mean, people were doing it, but it wasn't like the thing it is now. Everyone's like a virtual real estate guru. And the reason I did that originally was because my area of New York, it's very different than the rest of the country. Like the area that I buy in, like not where I live now. Because there's a big barrier to entry in that market. You have to get an attorney, which is a nightmare when you're a beginner. You have to have money because you have to put money down on properties at like $5,000 deposits. And for a new person, that's a, that's a shot in the dark. So I had a lot of trouble like logistically doing deals. I'd get a lot of offers accepted, but I wouldn't know how to get the attorneys involved. And it was this nightmare. So I was always complaining about it. And one day I said, you know what, why don't you just shut your mouth? And I'm speaking to myself and I'm like, and go try this in another market and see if it'll work better. So you can stop complaining to yourself. So I literally decided to go into Dallas, Texas. I just added random. I, I kind of chose Dallas mainly because I think you guys live there, but there you can, you can do airship affidavits. You don't have to do like probate in Texas. So like, I'm like a little marketing strategy that I was doing was involving a lot of like bad title properties. So I chose Dallas because you could do that. And it was a big market and like Texas is like really popular. So I just started generating leads randomly in 2018 down there. And I said, I'm going to test this once again. If this works, phenomenal. If it doesn't work, it's all good. You know, we'll figure out it doesn't work and we'll try to try a different strategy. And it started working like crazy down there. Didn't have to deal with attorneys, got a lot of motivated sellers, got a lot of properties to choose from because there's so, so many people in that metro area. And I started doing deals just by generating leads on the phone. And I would run into an issue where and then couldn't meet the seller. So I met someone actually in Investor Fuel, and uh, I said, I called him one day and I, I said, Hey, dude, I met you last week. I have this property the seller wants to sell for like $18,000. Do you want to go to the house, sign the contract, and split the deal with me? And he was like, Holy smokes, of course. So, like, you know, we did that deal, and then we did like 25 other deals. 
And I started just using other people to kind of basically act as the buyer and you know, the disposition person. So all I really needed to do was focus on getting leads initially. And then I started doing a lot of remote deals that way without having to do much, but I was giving away half the profit. So that worked for a while. And then over time, that marketing channel kind of got, it kind of got a little too mature and saturated. So I had to shift. So that's kind of the, how I got started in virtual. I'd be happy to kind of walk people through how to do it. If you don't want to partner or anything like that, or kind of what I'm doing today virtually, which is a lot different from what I was doing like a couple of years ago. Well, what I was, the reason I asked that is because, you know, as a young, as a young buyer, that might be something, those techniques might be something that's beneficial to you. You don't, like you said, you may not have such a, an issue with credibility because people aren't looking at you. They, they're, you're your yeah. voice on the phone as opposed to uh, a young kid that's sitting on the couch, right? Yeah. yeah. So exactly. sometimes as a young person, that may be a, a one way to do it. A hundred percent. Another tip for that, if you're listening and you're young and, and you want to like do marketing, cause there's a lot of ways to do real estate deals, but if you want to do like direct response marketing, which is really, really hard to learn, but once you learn it, it's like the best thing you'll ever know. But basically you want to go into markets that are not hyperly saturated. Like I live in San Diego. Like this market is freaking hard to do deals in. Like this yeah. is tough. I, I did marketing for months. I got one deal that I own right now. So you don't want to go into areas necessarily in the beginning that are highly competitive with direct response marketing to sellers, because there's two things that you're going to go up against that, that are not impossible, but it's going to make it a little more difficult for you. You're going to pay a lot more money and probably have a little more suffering. <laughs> and it's that it's going to cost more money to acquire a customer because there's more advertising going to the same small group of people, which is going to drive up your cost. Second thing that's going to happen there is that you're gonna deal with a lot more sellers once you get the people that respond to you who are just looking for the best price because they have 10 people looking to make a bid on their house. So essentially it's like you're going to the auction. And then that happens sometimes too. So in order to avoid that, I would go into areas, and I do this now, right? So like everything I'm saying here is something I do. I go into areas that are not hypersaturated where there's not that many investors, but there's still some investors, so there's demand. So when the sellers get the marketing, like they're, they're, I'm probably the only guy they're getting a letter from, or maybe like one or two other guys, but it's not that expensive to get a deal because there's not a lot of hyper saturated marketing. And then when they call me a lot of times, I'm the only guy they're talking to. So I would pick a market like a sub market of like Dallas or wherever you are and go into smaller towns and, and do your marketing there um, because you're going to get a better response rate and then you're going to get more people to be willing to hear your message because they're not getting flooded with other investors trying to market to the same people, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. that that's a good, really that's a good technique. Yeah. yeah, that works really well. So, I don't know, you and I have known each other a couple of years, and I, I've kind of followed your, your progress and your work and stuff. Thanks. And I know that personal development for you is a, is a huge deal. You're always reading. You're always doing things to, to help your sales process, your sales um, techniques. I know you work with John Martinez very closely. You've done that for several years. Yeah. And I think that's been a, a big part of your success at a young age too, is that you really applied yourself to learn the trade, not just on a surface level, but very in depth. You know, you've gone really deep into how to be a good salesperson, really deep in how to um, operate and process, you know, uh, do systems and process with your business and you're very efficient. Talk about some of the things that you think um, have made the most difference for you in terms of personal development or, or business development yeah. uh, that, that have kind of had your trajectory, helped your trajectory go up much faster. Totally, totally. That's a great question. I think this is one of the most important things. It's, it's, it's two things, I think. It's, it's skills and mindset. So we'll talk about skills, which is, and this is all obviously tying to personal development, but like 
a lot of new people, like they reach out to me and like, you know, I'll answer their questions and like the problem they're not, the reason they're not doing the business they're doing is because they don't have the skills that they need to be able to provide the value to get the, the money or whatever. So, you know, they're, they're trying to make a hundred grand in real estate and they have no, they don't even know what direct response marketing is. Like they, they couldn't, they, 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 you know, they couldn't find it under a tree, you know? So they're not willing to learn the skills that you need in order to make the money. So like I struggled a lot in the beginning, like a lot of people did uh, or do because I, I, I was, I like wanted to, to, you know, do deals, but I didn't know how to, because I didn't have the skills. I didn't have systems and skills. I didn't study it. Like I just was like going out and putting out bandit signs and Oh my God, I'm hustling, you know, and it just didn't do anything. But then when I started to slow down and like work on my skills, like how do I get really good at attracting sellers to come to me? So I don't have to chase them down like an annoying pest and have them look at me as a welcome guest, which is something I learned from Dan Kennedy. It's like, then I started committing to mastering little skills every single month for years and years and years. And now a lot of these are like second nature because I've been doing them for a while. So I would study specific skills that I wanted to improve on. So it was marketing or well, was sales first. And I would, I got introduced to John from a podcast and bought his sales training. And then I'd study that thing for an hour a day, no matter what, because I had direct control over that. Like I couldn't like, I can't close a deal over the phone because the seller's gonna have to tell me yes, but I can study sales for an hour and apply what I learned. So that was like number one. It was like getting good at specific skills, like sales number one. And then now it's really marketing. I've been working on that for a while and it's becoming a master at like generating leads and like how to do direct response and you know what what media channels to hit them at and how to run campaigns and like focusing on the things, the skills that you need most if you want to be in real estate is like when you got to market, sell, generate leads and close business. I'd study those things. I still do study those things. And the second thing, so number one is skills. And I study a lot of books that are involving skills and watch trainings. And the second one is it's mindset. And like, it's really cheesy. And you know, I have no intentions of sounding like a mindset guru, but like, it's just knowing like, this is hard. You know, if it's not hard, it, it wouldn't be valuable because everyone would do it. And there'd be no, like, it'd be no scarcity. And it just wouldn't make sense if it wasn't hard. And then just kind of getting up every day and understanding that it's probably going to be difficult. But once you get past those difficult hurdles, especially in the skill building phase, you're going to be able to like, it's, I almost call it, it's like having like an insurance policy to always be able to like print money because you, you know what you need to do mentally and mechanically skill wise to go out and like get a lead and make an offer and eventually do a deal. So I think those two things, skills and mindset have been very helpful for me. And another thing it's like, just because I was really successful last year or the year before, like for whatever, like example wise, I'm not directly saying that, but like I have new things that I want to learn now that I'm kind of a newbie in, like, like internet marketing and things like that. Like I'm back to the classroom in that kind of endeavor. And I'm like, man, I got a lot to learn. And then I'm going to do the same process that I did for like sales and real estate, like for like launching internet businesses and funnels and things like that. So, um, Really working on your skill set and then keeping your mindset in check has been super beneficial to me. And then the third thing to give one more bonus here is like not really like um, not really caring what other people think about you. Like I used to be really concerned about what others thought about me. Like, oh, are they mad at me? Like if I say no, are they going to get pissed off? Like, and now I don't really care. Like unless I like, you know what I mean? Like it's like if someone brings something to me and like I really can't do it and it's not a fit, like I'll say no and I'm like, I don't feel bad about it. But like, I used to be really like, oh my God, they're going to be mad at me because I said no, and they're going to hate me. And it's like, what's the worst that can happen? They're going to be a little disappointed for a minute and then, you know, that's it. Yeah. So um, that's the third thing I'd say. 
So let me recap because I, I think this is very important for young people, especially to to have mm -hmm. these to have these things nailed down. I, I think you do yeah. an excellent job. Uh, I don't know how you at such a young age how you kind of. I'm still figuring out all the stuff that you've already got figured out, <laughs> yeah. honestly, and I'm twice your age. So, yeah. um, so the skills the skills that you think are most important. Obviously, sales was a big thing for you, being able to close yeah. uh, talk to people and close the, those yeah. uh, those deals you talk to. And then marketing, getting those leads coming in. That's the most important skill, more than sales, in my opinion. And I'm really the sales think, guy, yeah. I'm saying marketing's more important. Marketing's more important, yeah. I think it is, yeah, for yeah. sure. Where do, you, where, where do you go to to sort of hone your knowledge on, on the marketing? Let's, let's start with marketing. Yeah, where do you, where yeah do you I love marketing. Um, marketing is my favorite thing by far. It's, I think with marketing, there's so many ways you can kind of go about that. The first thing is you need to understand the fundamentals okay. of this thing called direct response marketing, which is not marketing in the sense of like coca-cola flies a blimp over a stadium and you're like hey, coca-cola i'm gonna go drink that like that's bs it's it's understanding like you need to look at all your marketing that you do no matter what business you're in i don't care if you're in real estate if you're you know, selling plumber services or whatever like every time you put out an ad there's an offer in that ad and that offer can directly be tracked to a sale which then would show you that every time you spend one dollar on ads for that campaign you're gonna get three dollars back in return that's essentially direct response marketing you're having the customer directly respond to your offer, which is tied to a campaign. So you're essentially creating like an ATM machine. If you put $1 into a campaign, if you're good at it, you're going to get two plus dollars back. So to learn that, the first thing you need to do is you need to learn the principles of how that works. And a guy named Dan Kennedy is the best direct response, like marketing guy. He's just phenomenal. I study that guy left and right. Magnetic marketing is a great book. Um, another book that he wrote is called No BS Direct Marketing. Another great book. So I'd get those two books and I would read them like three or four times. Like this is to listeners understand what they're talking about. And then once you understand how that works, the second thing I would do is I would go learn some tactics after that. Like, you know, whether you want to do direct mail or Facebook or whatever, you know, and then you can go on the internet. So, so once you understand the principles of direct marketing, I focus on Dan Kennedy personally. I think he's got the best uh, approaches on it. Then I would go get specific on one media channel and master that. So whether that's Facebook or mailers or Google pay-per-click, don't try to do like three things at once because you're going to stink at all three of them. Go get good at one of them. And then once you're good at one of them and you're profitable at one of them and it kind of is running on its own and you know how to like kind of turn it on and turn it off because that's the whole thing of direct response marketing, then I would go try another media channel. So step number one is probably learn from a guy named Dan Kennedy. I, I recommend him. Number two is pick one media channel you want to master and then master it and the way you actually know you've mastered it is when you've been profitable at it for like at least 90 days if not longer and then you have a system that you've kind of created based on that media channel that's giving you predictable results and then i would go into other vertical you know like facebook or whatever so don't try to do too many things too soon and pick one thing and master it with the marketing to me specifically we'll start with dan kennedy and then um... oh yeah I know Trevor uh, from on or from Carrot does um, a good podcast with some some online sources for marketing, and then yeah. I, think, I think Todd Swaggerty is doing some things now with Yellow Letter HQ for direct marketing. So there's a couple, uh, maybe those two guys. I'd look up those two guys. Yeah, for, those are good dudes in the real estate space for sure. Yeah, Todd is great with the marketing. Trevor, yeah, there's so many things, but it really is like I used to be really bad at it because I didn't know what it was about. And I didn't have a system. Like I, I had no, I was just like handwriting letters, putting them in the mail and like whatever, you know, I wouldn't even have unique phone numbers. It was like my cell phone number, you know, it was like ridiculous. 
but like that's what you in the beginning like what are you gonna do you know that's better than you know sitting on your butt and not doing anything so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it just everything takes time and you learn you learn yeah right whatever you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut you know right so, <laughs> Yeah. So on the personal side, so those are your, I guess uh, that, that'd be your marketing. And then uh, I guess yeah. sales too. The second one would be sales. Of course, John Martinez is probably going to be yeah. someone you recommend, right? For, for sales training or for sales knowledge. Yeah. John's got great stuff. His, you know, sales training is mainly focused around real estate business, real estate investing. So he's got a lot of good tactics and I've learned a ton from him. And, you know, I think with sales, like that kind of give you like the 20% that really matter is like, you got to understand how to qualify prospects, I think, is big. Because right. you could learn sales and then you could speak to the terrible prospects and you're going to be miserable. So understanding that, and the best way to do that is so it's like almost like a mindset act. It's like you, you want to pretend like you have $18 million in the bank and you don't need to buy their house. So because of all that, they need to follow your rules. Like they, you have the carrot on the stick and they have to, you're like dangling in front of them, which is hard to do. Much easier said on a podcast than done in reality. Right. But that's the first thing. And the second thing is really, I think it's, there's so many things with sales, but it's, it, I think a lot of it is when you get qualified prospects in your funnel, focusing on their action steps versus like focusing on the price of the property, which is like something I think a lot of people screw up. It's like, and I screw this up too all the time. It's like people are so concerned. What's your price? And what do you want for the house? Oh, if I get you 10 bucks, what it, it's like, I would, you focus on what's going to happen after we decide that the price makes sense for both of us. Because the reason you do that is because they could tell you they want 50 grand for the house and you could buy it for 50 and make a hundred grand. But if they're telling you they can't give you a decision and they're not going to sign the contract, it doesn't even matter. Right. So focus more on what they're going to be doing after we figure the price out versus what the price for the house is. Cause that will find itself out when you negotiate with them. So like an example of that would be like, Hey, uh, Sean, totally get it. You know, I get, I guess you want 50 grand for the house. Well, let me ask you this. I, I don't know if I can do that or not, but if I could, for some reason, you know, what would you do after that? And then you want them to openly say, Oh, well, if you can get me 50 grand, I would you know sign the contract. And now, you know, the guy's going to sign the contract if you get him the price. So it's like, that's sales is kind of like a song and dance, kind of like a dog and pony show. But uh, once you do it for a while, it's kind of like second nature. Yeah. Yeah. So much of the, the niche that we, that we operate in, in the single family space, especially is uh, problem solving. We're not necessarily there to buy houses. We're there to solve problems, right? And a lot of people there to solve problems. That. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people excited yeah. about their sales process and they, they start talking yeah. about money right away. And it's, you know, because that's the easiest thing to talk about. Yeah. There's so many other problems that you got to deal with too. So. That's a good point. Yeah. No, that's it. And it's, it's like, also, it's like, you know, if the seller wants retail for their house, just tell them that's the fact and just disqualify. Like people are so scared to disqualify sellers, I think, because it's like such a tight market or it used to be a tight market until it's coronavirus hit. And they're like, Oh my God, I got two leads today. They're both unmotivated. It's like, who cares? Like you don't, you can't say the right thing to the wrong person. So get them out of your funnel and go spend your time with someone who you can actually help, you know? Cause like if you're talking to an unqualified prospect, you got to think about the logic behind it. It's like, you're trying to add value to someone who doesn't have a problem you could solve, AKA you're wasting your time. Yeah. So let's get them out of your funnel. I love kicking people out of my funnel. I like smile and like put my hands up like this because I just don't want to talk to them because I can't help them. But the people right. I can help, I spend 80% of my time with working on the 20% of the people I can actually help and like get the most value from there. Yeah. You know? Well, let's talk about, so uh, I know your, your personal development, a lot of this is like to take dovetail, but some of the things that you do uh, on a personal side, like you said, we're the right mindset, you know, uh, knowing that uh, today's going to be a difficult day and just, just, just being prepared for that. Yeah. So how do you, what sort of tools are you using? Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? 
Uh, what sort of tools are you using to kind of get yourself in that in that right mindset or framework? Yeah, totally. I think it, it kind of comes in phases. So, like in terms of books and stuff, I try to read a book around a book a week, and it's not a new book every week. It's sometimes the same book over and over again. But getting into the habit of reading one book a week that the book is directly helping me figure out whatever I want to figure out. Like if it's a marketing book, I want to get better at marketing. If it's whatever, so that's that's a big one. Second thing that I do from personal development, I think this is something I'm actually going to make an information product about this, but it's essentially, it's what I do to prepare for the week and the month and the year. I have a system that I've developed over the last like three years, really, where I take a ton of time out on like a Sunday, for example, and I will go through what I want to get done for the week, why it's important to me what I need to get done specifically, what are the habits that need to get done to get the things done. And then like I use this whole system basically to like set myself up to where, and then I, I time block on my calendar, everything that I need to get done that has to do with all the things I wanted to achieve based on my goals. I have this whole thing I've developed and it's like that alone is like personal development because it's setting me up and it's not just real estate. It's like with my girlfriend and like my family, it's like with everything. Right. So I do that like once a week and basically it's just getting clear on what I want, how I'm going to get it. And I've just been doing that for so long. So to me, it's kind of like second nature, but so I hope, did that answer your question or was that kind of like wishy-washy? Cause like I can ramble a lot now and like, I, I'm trying to like think off the top of my head here. No, that no, was great. Good. Yeah. Was, was that good? I, I feel like I want to give direct answers here, but sometimes I'll just start like rambling down stuff. But I, I spend a lot of time preparing to where like, you know, when I'm actually executing, like I'm pretty dialed in on at least the things I can control. But like, you know, there's things all the time that happen. You know, we got deals blow up and, you know, attorneys calling you and the IRS doesn't get the payment. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just, like, I'm just kidding about that part. But like, you know what I mean? Like you get, you get things like that uh, that come up, but it's really just planning my week, planning my day and making sure that when I'm spending my time doing whatever activity, it, it's directly in a line with what I'm trying to go after. Like, I think before I got into all this kind of stuff, I was a little, I would get bored because I'd have nothing I wanted to get after. Like, and even like this happened in real estate. Like I, I had a couple like big months where like, I, I wasn't that motivated to like do anything. Cause I was like, what am I going to do? Just go to Palm Springs for the weekend with Caroline to hang out. Like, which is cool. But like, I didn't, I was kind of getting complacent and I wasn't really, cause it was like same old deals and this and that. But now I have a lot more new things I want to get involved in now with some other businesses and like marketing things. So I think you have to always kind of set new kind of objectives for yourself because once you kind of get into the habit of like, you know, doing the basics that you can get a little stale and maybe complacent and you got to always be able to shake it up and it, you know, it doesn't have to always be more business stuff, but it could be whatever, but that's what I do that really helps me. It's just kind of planning my stuff and getting really specific on why I want it and uh, always kind of doing new ventures because I, I get really bored easily and uh, I try to, always be doing something a little different all the time so aside from life happening you kind of create goals and then deconstruct those goals into actionable steps and time block that yeah that's key i try to exactly hit it right in the head it's like i figure out what is the goal like well i'll use an example like let's say the goal is to do make if you're a brand new real estate investor make a hundred thousand dollars a year like just roughly so then you say okay well if i want to do that then i probably got to do uh, let's see, five wholesale deals at $20,000 profit each just to make these numbers round. Okay. So now we need to do five wholesale deals at a $20,000 profit. Okay. So now 
how many leads do I need to get to get five deals? And then how many marketing pieces do I need to get? And then you, it's like you boil it all down to, okay, how much time do I need to spend today working on my marketing piece to send out to get the leads to get the deal? So you like try to back the goals up all the way into like the direct thing you can do right now that will eventually get you to that goal because it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take time. But if you can back it all up into small chunks, you're going to be motivated to do it every day because you're like, you know, it's just got to keep kind of knocking these dominoes down as Gary Keller says, and eventually you'll get there. But if you don't know what to do and you're like, Oh, I want to make a hundred grand this year, but I don't know how to do it. You're going to be like, screw it. I'm going to go eat Cheetos, you know, cause that's what human behavior allows us to do. You know, we, just, yeah. we can't make a decision. We don't do anything. So you want to work it down to like, what's the thing I can do today that will get me somewhat closer to that objective. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome advice, dude. That, that has to be the best, best thing. Uh, extremely you're, you're, good strategy yeah you're you're you're, you're, you're you. the time you're spending planning is giving you such a laser focus on success you know it's that's an amazing way to go about it for sure yeah you, you this, yeah go ahead i was gonna say this is not like you know i i've learned about this from a lot of it is from books and reading so yes. it's like that habit of reading leads to this stuff but i think i put my own twist on it now cool which is why you know i think i can kind of put a unique perspective on it Cause I've kind of taken some stuff that I've seen like twisted a little bit, but you have to just think small. Like it doesn't have to be, I think a lot of people get tripped up with the whole money thing. Cause like business for some reason is hard and money's hard to make and all this BS that people tell themselves. It's like, it's the same thing with anything. If I was 300 pounds for some reason and I wanted to lose weight, what's my goal? Lose 50 pounds. How do I do it? Don't eat like crap and go to the gym. It's the same thing. If I want to, you know, have like, if I had kids and they didn't see me enough, how do I increase my, like, it's the same thing. But people think because there's money involved, there's some sort of scheme going on. And it's just like, it's the same damn thing. Like, you know what I mean? So that's a big thing I wish people would like understand more of. Like it's the same, money is the same thing as losing a weight goal. Except you think you're evil because you're making, like, I don't know. I could, that's a whole other podcast episode, but I yeah. Yeah. So what are the things yeah. you're doing on a personal level? Do you, do you have, um, do you have, uh, do you study with, like workouts or, you know, like I do, yeah. uh, I do breathing techniques. I do uh, meditation. I do uh, cold showers. I mean, I do some of those other things that are kind yeah. of uh, mindset and uh, health oriented. Are, are you, yeah. are you into that sort of thing? Yeah, I do. I used to be really into that, like the whole like huge morning routine thing for a while. And then I, it became a chore for me. So then I, I didn't stop doing it, but I, I really condensed what I do now because it's, I want to do it every day. So like in terms of meditating, I haven't found a lot of value personally in meditating. Like I think a lot of people works for great, but it works well for a lot of people. For me, it hasn't worked that well. Um, just probably because I haven't committed to it. Honestly, let's, let's be real. Let's call a spade a spade. I just haven't done it enough. But I take a cold shower every morning just because it wakes me up in the morning. Like, you know, that's the whole thing. I take cold shower because it, I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm exhausted. That thing wakes me up, you know, and then I'm like, okay, we're good. Now we just need coffee. Okay. So that is big. And um, then another thing I'll do is like, in terms of like a morning routine, I used to read first thing in the morning, but I don't like doing that now because like Pacific time zone, you're like three hours behind the whole country. So like, you know, my phone's melting at like 6 a.m. So what I'll do is I will go through, like this is a business habit, I guess for me. I go through my entire pipeline every morning, Monday to Friday. I look at all the deals that I got going on that I own, that I'm in contract on, that I'm rehabbing, whatever. And I just figure out what can I do today that, to move this dang deal forward. And then I write that down and then I make sure that gets done per every deal. So like when you have a pipeline of like 10 properties, you're like, oh my God, there's a lot of stuff to do. But you just write, what can I do today? And usually the honest truth is like 
email John to see where the contract is. Like something silly like that. But that is, once again, you're moving, you're breaking your goals down into like the simple steps. So that's something I do. And then I always knock out like a nice time block first thing in the morning because, you know, if you wait too long to do those types of time blocks, you just don't do them because your phone's melting and your email inbox is overflowing and it's a nightmare. So I try to get like some really valuable work done first thing in the morning before, you know, before the thunderstorms hit. (laughs) Yeah. But it sounds like, again, that's just sort of you taking your, your, you take that morning time to plan your action yeah. stuff for the day. Oh, so yeah. it, it sounds like you spend a lot of time just planning what you're going to do. And then, and then just all you have to do is you, you don't think about it. You just, you run just do steps. it. That's right. Yeah. You plan, you plan in advance. You, you, you plan in advance. So when you're actually working the system, you don't have to think because it's already done for you. And that's been big like that. Cause like, you know, I have my days teed up from five to five to four thirty. And it's just like, look at the, what's on the calendar, you know, podcast, you know, make a couple follow-up calls, you know, speak to attorney about X, Y, and Z. So then you don't have to really think. Like, I think the more times we have to make complicated decisions every day, the more you uses your willpower. And then by like two o'clock, you're like, you know, you're, you're on your patio, like dry having, you know, cause you don't know what to do. Yeah. So you try to take all the thinking out of it and do the thinking in advance for sure. So habits, daily habits. That are- daily habits. It sounds like it sounds like you have successfully uh, partitioned out sort of your planning to create habits so that your willpower is not driving your day. No. It's just action step after action step after action step. Yeah, and you, you're never counting on yourself to be motivated to get the things done that you know you have to get done to be successful. Yeah. You're just all you have to do is just take the steps, right? I love that you said that. I love that you just said that right there. It's people think. Like they'll see me at like an event or they'll like see one of my videos and they think I'm like some psycho motivated person. I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I, I just try my best to do the dang work, whether I feel like doing it or not. And I don't care how I'm feeling that day. Unless I'm sick, if I'm genuinely sick, yeah. I won't work. But if I don't want to do like, if I like, I don't want to do half the stuff I don't like, like half the stuff I do, I don't really want to do, but I am just willing to do it. And it's such a habit. It doesn't take me a lot of willpower to do it, like to read. Like I don't have to sit there and play mental gymnastics. I just read, like to make a, write an email. Like it it just, it's such a habit at this point. It doesn't feel like it's really work. So I don't have to really fight myself too hard because I've been doing it. Like that's the thing in the beginning of people, they just, it's so hard for them because they're not used to doing these things. But when you do it for a while, you don't have to even think about it. But to answer you, the, the, to go on the comment, you said like, you have to be willing to do the work when you don't feel like doing it or not. Like, you know, I'd much rather, you know, go to La Jolla Shores down the street, crack open, uh, you know, Pacifico, have a jelly donut in my hand and sit there. But I know that doing that is not going to be where, that's not going to get me to where I want to go in two to three years if I keep doing that. I know that, you know, sitting in my office and making calls and doing podcasts and planning my day is going to help me get to that you know it's going to help me get to where where i really want to go to so you got to like can't let your brain override you with short-term decision making like that you know yeah, yeah but you've successfully see i struggle with that too but I'm, I'm a terrible planner like i, I won't plan my day so my yeah. whole day is spent me struggling to get through my tasks that i know i need to do because i haven't planned properly and it's oh man the success have you, have you uh, I'm going to send you my follow-up. I got to follow up with you after this. I have a PDF that I, I'm running as Facebook ads. I'm getting all these like downloads every day, but it's like basically like a template I created to like to like master your day. 
and I have like a video of me talking about it. So I'm going to send that over to you. It's a drop. Yeah, send it to me. Please. Yeah, it's super, super helpful. I'm surprised you haven't seen it on Facebook. I've been running paid traffic. I've been getting a truckload of downloads. But uh, nice. yeah, you got to get your hands on that. Yeah, that's it's super helpful. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah, that's one of the things that, so that I think that's what's helping you be so successful is that you've mastered that initial part yeah. so that the rest of it just kind of happens. And that's amazing. I think that is, I think that is the most uh, critical success factor that, that you have in your life, I think right now, is that you've mastered that sort of just getting yourself together so that um, you're not having to motivate yourself every five minutes to get the yeah. next task done. And that's that, kind of yeah. I appreciate that. And I, I put a note to send it to you. So don't worry, I'll get it over to you. But uh, yeah, it, it's, if, if, if you're going to operate your day, like trying to motivate yourself, you're done. Like, that's why like, there's that whole, like, you know, you go see like an, inf an a webinar and there's like the disclaimer at the bottom. Most people won't make money with this. It's because they're not going to do this thinking work. Like it all logic. Like if you look at business from a logical perspective, like with marketing, at least it's literally math. Like if you send X amount of marketing pieces, someone's going to buy like, you know what I mean? And so it's just, it's all like logic and math and mechanics and systems, which has nothing to do with emotion, but the emotion is why people don't make money in real estate or whatever. It's because like, they're so hung up on like trying to be motivated or like I'm waiting for the perfect time. It's like, dude, there's never a perfect time. Just do it. Like well, do the work. That's yeah. Yeah. And motivation runs out because it's your, it whole, day, your whole day is full of things you don't want to do. So it's yeah. like, it's like how many exactly. of these can I get through? Yeah. How many of these can it, I get through before I just give up? You know? I know. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I was, I was doing Facebook ads before we had this podcast and I was like banging my head against the wall because Facebook is the biggest pain in the butt, the coolest marketing platform ever. And I'm like, this stinks, but like, I'm going to figure it out because I want to get my ads running so I can sell stuff, you know? So it's like, you have to just be willing to do that. And like, if you understand that a lot of times what you're doing is going to suck, it's not that bad because when it sucks, you already know it's going to suck. You know what I mean? If it's kind of, that's like a little mind hack, but well, if you think it's going to be easy and it sucks, you're going to be disappointed because you thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 80% of your day is sort of planned out. You don't have to worry about if it sucks or not. You just do it. You just do it. Exactly. When you get to the one or two things that it's yeah. like, this really is terrible. You still yeah. have a little motivation to get it, to get it to done. Get it you know? done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I exactly. think that's amazing. I, I can't believe that, you know, at, at such a young age, you're, you've got all this mastered so well. I, I'm really impressed. Um, Thank you. I appreciate with, it. With how well, one more thing to, to, to go on that because yeah. you got me going here. Here's another like, analogy. I think people learn well by analogies and metaphors. Like if I were to like, let's say that, you know, you, you have a sore knee or something and I, I'm, you know, the knee doctor and I'm like, hey, Sean, I'm going to smack your knee so hard right now. It's going to hurt so bad. It, it's going to be like the worst pain ever in your knee. Okay. But I'm going to have to do this if it's going to fix your knee. When I hit your knee and it hurts, you're going to expect it to stink. So you're not going to jump up and scream and flail. But if I'm like, Hey, this is, I'm going to give you a little tap here. And then we're going to find out what's the matter with your knee. And then I just bang your knee as hard as I can. You're going to be like, what the hell? That's like, so it's the same thing. It's the expectations. If you think it's going to stink or in your situation, you think it's going to hurt when it hurts, you're not going to be disappointed. So it's the same thing with doing deals or whatever the heck you're trying to do. It's the same exact thing. You have to just reframe the way you think about it. Yeah. I've spent the last two years developing just daily habits. Yeah. And I'm still, I still have, so what I've done is I've sort of created goals that I want to have for myself and yeah. I'm developing daily habits into where until it becomes a habit, then I lock it in, then I move to the next one. Right. So I'm trying to I eat better. That. I'm trying to be yeah. healthier. I'm trying to I love that. work harder. 
So as soon as I know I've got one locked in, I just move to the next factor, right? Cool. So I've been doing that for years. Yeah, and then, that. yeah. Then it becomes a thing. Well, I've got to do this today. You know, it becomes instead of I have to do this today. It's just I've got to. I just, I've just got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do like, it. You know? It's something that you feel like if you don't get it done, that you're just you're, you're just you're lost, right? Yeah, your day's not complete. Yeah, you're toast. Exactly. No, I, I'm the same way. Once it becomes a habit, it's not that hard. And then you're like, people are like, oh, how do you get all that done? It's like, I don't know. I just get up every day and do what I'm supposed to do. Like, it's not like I'm really, that's in time goes by really fast when you operate in habit because you're just, you're just like, all right, like, you know, I'm get up every day and do the work, you know, you just run my numbers. Yeah. Run the, run the show and, you know, we'll see what goes down. Hopefully we'll make some money, you know? And I think a lot of young people, you know, when you get, when you get older, I guess you, your perspective changes, but I think like a lot of young people, they want things so rapidly oh, yeah. and they want things to just sort of roll in. I think that, that what you've done in terms of just sitting down and saying, okay, here are the goals I want to accomplish every day and mapping that out and blocking that time. You, you, it, it takes some of that factor out where it's like, if you just do the work, the successes will come. And you have to quit. You have to quit worrying about. I'm not getting there fast enough. Or I'm not getting there. You know, because kids yeah. always want everything right now. They want it now, and that's how exactly. And it's like human behavior, and it's like that's the problem. It's like, you know, you want it now, but you don't have the skills to get it now. It's like saying like I want to be a surgeon, but I don't know how to do a surgery. It's like that makes sense. Just right. so it's like if you learn and get your skills dialed in quickly, like you can. That's the thing. Like it's kind of like a double edged sword because. If you think about like real estate or like business stuff, like if you really do the stinking work for three years in a row, there's a pretty good chance you're going to make a decent amount of money, right? More money than your friends. If we're going to say we're 20 years old at this point. So you can actually, and if you think about three years, it takes up, it's pretty kind of quick from a long-term perspective to do that in three years versus, you know, have a nine to five job and there's nothing wrong with that once again, and then maybe get a pay raise 10% for 15 years and then have another 30 years till you can retire. So if you really think about it, you can kind of get rich quick if you reframe the way you look at quick, because like that's a whole other podcast, like how to like increase your income and this and that, like you happy to come back if you want me to, but it's like, you know, it, it, you have to look at it the right way. Like in three years from now, yeah, you could totally like triple your income, but you got to do the work and you got to have the skills. It's like a formula. And it's like, I think a lot of people just don't get that. They just think like they're going to, you know, push a button and there's going to be like leads falling in their lap with desperate sellers. And, you know, it's just insane. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think those two things, you're, you're, you're building the habits yeah. by planning that allow you to take care of, or learn the skills to get the task done. So it's, it's that planning and habit building, I think, is the key to your success. That's the key. Everybody's success, key. honestly. Yeah. And, 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 work and being patient. Yeah, work the system. Be patient. Yeah. The success will come if you run the formula. That's it. And track the numbers, too. That's another to track the numbers. Because APIs, you yeah. work your yeah. off and you don't track your numbers. We'll do that on You don't know what's working. Yeah. That, that is also a whole other podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'll talk about yeah. that for three days. Insane. We're going to have you on like six times. Yeah. Right? You're going to be research. Whenever you guys want me on the show, I'll come on. You have my word on the show. So I have to just make you like guest host of the month or something. <laughs> yeah. I have one guy come on my podcast all the time. His name is Marco. It's like 100 rentals. We're just good buddies. And I'm like, hey, dude, you want to do a podcast today? He's like, all right, man, what do you want to talk about? And it's like, I don't know, something. And we just go on there and start riffing. It's pretty fun. So, yeah, I, I think this, the, yeah, it's fun stuff. Well, this, this is a big deal for us. You know, I, I, Abby has a different perspective because, you know, you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? So, oh, yeah. In the, in the Rich Dad, Poor Dad scenario, I think I'm, I'm now the rich dad. 
in her life, right? So most of her friends and stuff in college, they don't have that perspective of being around oh. entrepreneur, like in, in the real estate space, especially. And so most kids don't, you know, they they look at going to college, get a career, and they just don't see this independent real estate investor type role as a career in life. It's this is something that you see on like uh, yeah or TV, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah like you get rich overnight. Yeah, get rich quick. Yeah, right? this, totally. uh, yeah. Yeah, so for it's, me, it's, it's kind of fun to introduce kids to this and say, hey, look, you know, you could do this while you're in college. You know, you buy one or two houses, three or four houses a year while you're in college and wholesale them, you're going to make more money than your parents, you know? so That happened for me. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, they, they thought I was out college. of my mind. You yeah. can do it while you're going it, to college. It's not, that, it's not that hard. It just, yeah, it just yeah. takes a little bit of effort. Yeah. And, and you can do this while you're, while you're in school. And people yeah. just, you know, I don't think kids understand it. Possibly. Yeah. No, they don't. And that's, I like how you said that because like, it's not, I'm, I hope I didn't sound kind of sending saying like I, my parents are great people and they have great jobs and they're successful. But like, I knew that like I was going to be able to be successful before I was successful. I, my goal was to make more money than my college professors by the time I graduated, which was true. But at the time it was far from it. So, you know, I'm not saying if you're listening to the show, go out and try to show off for your parents, you know, that if you want to do that, great. That's not, wasn't my intention, but it's the point. The point of all that is that you can literally do it. Like it's not impossible because you're, you know, your parents can do the same thing you're doing, right? Your friends can do the same thing you're doing, but probably that's not going to be the case because they're not going to do the stinking work that you need to do to get to your goals. So it's like, you know, and I think, yeah, I mean, there's just so many other things I could say about that with like how to, you know, marketing and income explosion. Like I, I could, like I said, I'd be happy to come back and, and ramble about it, but yeah. Well, um, I just love this stuff. As you can tell, I just think this yes. is amazing. <laughs> I guarantee you 100% of the parents would be extremely happy if their kids. Made happy it. for their kids. Exactly. <laughs> That's the key there. Because currently she's on my payroll, you know. Yeah. If she could get on her own <laughs> payroll, I'd be, I'd be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. My parents were proud of me when I did do that. You know, they're oh, like, yeah. good job. Good for you. Cause they've seen the whole progress. They didn't just, yeah. you know, I was I was a basement dweller. They thought I was nuts. Cause I'm like going out, putting out bandit signs at 10 at night, no money. Like, yeah. What are you doing, man? Go there's, get a job. And I was like, no. Didn't there's no it. parents out there that would be mad if, if, if their kids made a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not. They're cool. They're super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got to take them <laughs> on vacation last year. It was fun. <laughs> So I think this is a great segue into our final question. And this is something that we ask all of our guests, but what does the American dream mean to you? And then second to that is what are you doing to take it to the next level? Yeah. So the American dream, hmm, I think to me, it means like, if you're just, if you want to like it, if you live in this country or Canada or whatever country that allows a lot of freedom, like it's up to you at the end of the day to figure out like to be successful. Like at the end, it, it's, there's no like, Oh, this is a communist and you know, I can't go out and you know, read a book. Like if you want to be successful, you know, and this is like at the risk of sounding like an infomercial guru, like if you want to be successful in America, you can go out and do it and you don't have to like kind of chase what other people are doing. You can do it to your own you, like unique preference because a lot of people, including myself, will see other knuckleheads on the internet doing something and it looks cool from the surface, but then you find out they're losing money every month. You're like, oh my God, no, they're not that successful. So doing what you want because of the reasons on why you want it and not trying to keep up with the Joneses just because you want to feel better than the Joneses, which is like a toxic feedback loop. So 
understanding that number one, you can do it in America. Like if you, if you're hungry enough, if you're not hungry, you're not going to make it like good luck. Like it's not going to work. You got to be hungry. And like, you know, that's, that's an internal thing, not an external thing. Like I, I can tell you to read the Dan Kennedy book, but it's up to you to decide if you want to freaking read it and it's your choice. And if you don't read it, it's your fault. That's the thing too. And then just, yeah, just understanding that like, if you just do the work every day and understand this country is filled with opportunities like left and right, you know, over time, you'll, you'll do some cool stuff if you don't give up and you persist smartly. You don't persist doing the wrong thing. You persist and experiment and do different things and find out why marketing doesn't work or why sales doesn't work or why that campaign tank and get data on that and reflect on that data. You're going to win no matter what, because no one will do that. Like you do the things that most people won't do. You'll get the things that most people will have. It's like cheesy as hell. And I've heard it from a book, but it's like, it's true. You know, like no one wants to go out and spend a bunch of ad money and not have a guaranteed return. But the people who do that over time will get the return because they know the numbers. So hope that answers your question. That was a great answer. Really good. Um, so finally, how can our listeners either find out more about what you're doing specifically or get in touch with you if they want to talk more about anything that we talked about? Okay. So I would go with Instagram at grego37. That's probably the best platform. If you add me on Facebook, message me i don't check my messages that much just because like i usually just do texting and like instagram and stuff so i'm not ignoring you on purpose i just don't you check my messages because i'm in my time blocks you know so so instagram i will see it and reply instagram is probably the best way to do it and then everything on instagram i put out videos and you know helpful stuff and uh, if you want the download or whatever just yeah, me on instagram i'll send you a dropbox link check it out and um yeah you're to be as helpful as possible well, you have, you have your own podcast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Pave the Way Podcast. Jesus. I do. Yeah. Listen to Pave the Way Podcast. Yeah. I just got done. Re like, we're almost done. Sorry. Relaunching the whole thing um, and actually turning it into a real podcast. Not this little hobby thing I was doing. So we're going to have a new website. We're going to have some downloads for people. We're going to have consistent new episodes once a week to start, if not more in the future. Got a lot of great guests in the queue up there. So yeah, check out Pave the Way podcast. Forgot about my own show. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, it'll help you. <laughs> I forgot about that thing. I got so much stuff going on, you know. So you think if someone, someone just Googles Pave, Pave the Way podcast, they'll get to you. Is, or is yeah, it, it'll come, yeah, it'll come up. You can, a website that they can go to is, is Pave the Way podcast. Yeah, Pave the, Pave the Way podcast.com. Okay. Um, they can do that. Or they can go download it on Apple or whatever, but it's on all the platforms. I think so. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes too, so everybody can find it too. Yeah, right on. Great, it was awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. It was great. Fantastic. Oh, this was a ton of fun. I, I love doing. I love doing shows like this. Like, have me on whenever you want. I'd be happy to be a guest again if you'd like. Yeah, this you is... shouldn't say that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take you up on that for sure. Yeah, you'll Listen, be getting a lot of emails. <laughs> there you go. I will. Uh, we'll be doing another one. I'm. I'm happy with that. Cool. Okay, perfect. Yeah, well, thanks for everything. We really enjoy watching all your stuff and seeing all your videos and stuff. Hey, and, thank you. And, uh, you know, I've, we've known each other for a couple of years, and I have a, it's, it's fun for me to see uh, such a young person be so savvy and, and successful, and I, I'm loving it. It, 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 uh, it gives me somebody I can I can point her to and say, hey, check out Greg and see what he's doing, you know. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for an old guy like me to say, oh, I'm having this success and stuff, but when it's a young yeah, person, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. you know, Abby can relate to it much better. So I appreciate totally. it. Totally. Yeah, I appreciate totally. you coming on and sharing all this stuff. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Happy to do it again sometime. Great.
Well, thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon, hopefully, okay? Thanks, Greg. See you guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.